It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 511 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I have a great interview with two of the creators of a Source Point Press comic called Cover of Darkness, and that's George McHale and Chris Cam. It's described in this way. How far would you go to find your family? On an epic journey, five heroes will travel unfathomable distances, make unlikely allies, and encounter horrific, villainous creatures they never knew existed, all in a desperate attempt to reunite with each other. We talk about how the book came to be, we discuss the characters, and we talk about what's coming from Cover of Darkness in the months ahead. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what they have to say. I'm making progress behind the scenes, but right now, it still sounds a little different, but don't let that distract you from the wonderful interview. There's a lot to get to in this episode, so let's get on with the show. The cover of Darkness, featuring thrilling artwork by the uncanny MJ Hiblin, is set in medieval Romania where evil lurks under the cover of darkness. One family will be pushed to their absolute limits. They will face legendary monsters and encounter obstacles they never imagined existed. Werewolves, vampires, Frankenstein and the mummy. When everything is on the line, simply surviving is not enough. Put away your pitchforks and get yourself a copy today. It's great to welcome back to the podcast, George McHale, from many things, including Resilient, which I really enjoyed. And uh, you have another book with our other guest, Chris Cam, uh, co-writer. And what name is the book, uh, George? Cover of Darkness uh, is available now through Previews Magazine. Um, It's being published by SourcePoint Press. Right. Uh, interesting book because uh, you gave a copy of it, a, a PDF for me to look at, and I was really interested. One, um, before we get to that, let me talk with George. You and I have talked before about your your ability, and your website also lists a bunch of uh, comics that you've done. Would you do me a favor and go ahead and list the books that you have written? Yeah, uh, so I have Resilient, which is out, uh, being published by uh, Absolute Comics Group. And then I have uh, another series called Hybrid Force that I'm currently shopping uh, for a publisher uh, for. Um, I, I self-printed some books this summer, and I've been uh, taking them to shows, um, selling that. Uh, it's kind of like X-Men meets Batman, the animated series. It's an all-ages hmm. story that's done in a manga style. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a fun book. And, and mm-hmm. then I have another uh, my my first series that I ever wrote was called fire engine red. And that's like die hard in a forest fire. It's about a female uh, firefighter. Uh, mm-hmm. She's got to take down the armed me- mercenaries and uh, rescue her boyfriend, but she's got a complicated relationship with her man. She's more at home in a burning building than in the flames of romance. Hmm. And that series has been taking, uh, I have art by Ali Garza on it. From hmm. Teen Titans and Supergirl. It's a, awesome book and uh, it was picked up by uh, an online 
publisher called Comic Stream, but unfortunately that that app uh, doesn't look like it's going to launch. So it's kind of in limbo right now. But I'm hoping to have it. It returns back to me next year. So those okay. are those are all the things that I write. Um, but Cover Darkness is what we're here to talk about today. That's it's one of my favorites, uh, and I write it with uh, with my cousin Chris Cam. Oh, okay. I wondered how you. I was going to ask how you guys knew each other, but obviously, that's the case. But look, Chris, now we we've gotten up on what George has done. How about you? What books have you written? Uh, Chris Cam, I, I'm Chris Cam, and Cover of Darkness is actually my first comic book with George. I'm currently working on a young reader graphic novel called Dragons and Bots, and uh, I write a lot of short stories and novels beyond that. Okay, uh, who is printing that uh, young adult novel? I haven't finished writing it, so I'll be shopping it around once it's completed. Okay, okay, sounds good. All right, George, let's let's find out where did this idea for Cover of Darkness come from. Uh, I've always loved uh, like those classic monsters. I watched. Uh, I don't know if you remember like the '80s movie uh, Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Goonies, and they got to like take down these. Uh, uh, the classic monsters that when they returned to town, a bunch of kids, that was my babysitter one night and it just scared the pants off of me. I was six years old and I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I've always had kind of a love hate relationship with horror. And I've had a real soft spot for those classic monsters. I went back and watched all the old universal movies and, and I just, you know, love those characters and I wanted a shared universe where, where all of them were interacting together and mm-hmm. nobody was really doing it. You know, uh, Universal was threatening to do it with the, with the dark universe. I would have loved that, but right. it never came to fruition. So we decided to create our own series and, and we liked the idea of, of mashing together two genres. So it's basically horror meets fantasy. So kind of like Game of Thrones meets Universal Monsters was the idea. And so we have uh, dragons and goblins and orcs in our in our world as well. Cool, cool. Now, Chris, I was watching George's video where he interviewed you. Uh, I think it's Inside Comics on YouTube, and you mentioned something that caught my attention: how much you like monsters. Yeah. What is it about monsters that gets your attention? I think that they're just different and they really draw for me, my imagination. I love the idea of pitting my heroes against them. I love the idea that some of them are misunderstood. I think that there's a lot of play within the the world of monsters and that you can do a lot with them as characters, whether they be villains or heroes within your story. That's interesting because a lot of monsters, there are people who are fans of certain monsters um, not, not a, I don't I haven't seen anybody who's a fan of all the monsters. I usually like, you know, like vampires have been big for a, a while. But uh, are you you're a fan of all the monsters, aren't you, Chris? You know what? I really am. I have to say, on any given day, I'll be like, this one's my favorite today. <laughs> and you know, I just love the lore behind a lot of them, and I, I like to dive in deep and just learn about their origins, where they come from, and then just bring them forward and and just do my own take on them as well. Okay, so George, where's this book set? What's the setting for it? It's uh, set in like medieval times, primarily. Um, mm-hmm. But we jump around quite a lot because um, in each issue, it's split between our family's adventure. They get separated from each other, and they're on a collision course with the monsters. That's half of each issue. And then the other half is our monsters' origin stories. So in some cases our monster's origin story might be ancient Egypt or our Frankenstein story takes place on Atlantis 
before it falls. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a steampunk Atlantean Frankenstein. Um, so we have different timelines in the world, in the world, but uh, our family's adventure is in medieval times. Okay. Now in the video that I was watching, Chris, you were talking about the fact that there are three arcs in this story. Is, is that accurate? Uh, well, we have a sh- uh, planned it out to be three complete story arcs. So if you think of a trilogy, of, of a movie trilogy or a book trilogy, uh, we have six issues in each of our story arcs, but the three arcs are also combined with one overarching story that just ties them all together very beautifully. And so, yeah, the first six is what uh, we're putting out in this round, Cover of Darkness, and it's the beginning of the story. It's how the family gets separated and starts their collision course with all the monsters. Okay. And let's see, George, as far as uh, Source Point Press, how, uh, according to when I looked at the, the, the webpage for that on Source Point Press, it looked like it's in the middle of December this is coming out, but people need to place their orders this month, right? No, it's uh, January 19th. It'll be in stores. Um, but I believe final order cutoff is uh, November 28th. Oh, okay. I thought I saw something on source print that said December, but oh well. I'm glad you, you straightened that out and corrected that for us, so that's good to see. Now, Chris, one of the things I noticed about the book is that there's a lot of female characters involved. And, you know, a, a woman comics creator is a rare and wonderful thing. So I wanted to get your take on the female characters in this book and like comics in general. I mean, the, as far as like female leads and things like that, people roll their eyes because I like to talk about uh, woman characters and strong female leads are a big deal to me. Talk about what it was like to create these characters for this book. Uh, it was a lot of fun to come up with strong female characters. And George is really great to write with as well, because he really believes in strong female characters as well. I think in comics, I think there is something very fresh and unique that you don't find in necessarily all the other genres. And that's a strong female character that will stand on her own and do what's right. And it's been a lot of fun creating these three main characters that we have in our family that are female and just running with them and showing that they're there. They have their weaknesses, but for them, them, they have their driving purpose, and that's to reunite with their family. And that's no different than the boys' purpose, which is to reunite with the family. They're strong. They're they're able to save themselves. They're able to fight the monsters, but they also have their weak sides, which is a true human side to them. Hmm. Well, do you know the names of the characters, Chris? Absolutely. We have a mom. Her name is Kandra, and we have her two daughters. And one is Thalassa, and one is Zelina. So Kandra. Thalassa and Zelina are their three names. They're all very different in their own ways. Like Kandra, the mother's a bit of an intellectual and she's very skeptical of, of magic and, and, and fantasy. And, uh, and then Thalassa's a bit of a wimp and she's very uh, unsure of herself. And, and, and we see her journey and she changes quite a lot throughout the course of the series. And then Zelina is the youngest and she's, very bombastic and and can do and 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 you know can you wrestle like a, a wild boar like she's just like a, a bit of a wild child so the, the the three female characters are all very different in their own way well that's great i mean because you know in, in that time period i don't know that females were that strong or perceived to be that strong and yet i, I think women were a lot stronger than people think they were <laughs> what did you feel that was true as well, George? 
I just think like medieval times, everything was hard mm-hmm. and you know, you had to be tough to make it through and you didn't necessarily have a man. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think these women in the first issue, there's, there's some other female characters as well. And these three women are raising these children and they're pretty tough as nails really. Mm-hmm. And they're okay. making their own way without a man. And so that what is one of the aspects that make them super unique in this world in which we've put them into. Okay. Which is good as far as the character. That makes for an interesting story. Um, now, as far as like making them true to the time period, was that a challenge, Chris? Or, or did you do research on them? How did you make them accurate to the time period they lived in? I think that we held true to their character. And while we researched the time period, we also wanted to be true to the character that we are creating. So they are a little bit of a rebel. They don't necessarily fit in with the norm. And uh, so they're a, a bit of a band that travels outside of the norms of society because they don't maybe fit in as well. Um, though uh, Thalassa, who is one of our, our girls in the story, she all she wants is to fit in. She wants a normal life and to settle down and have that family that she sees all of her peers having okay now on the cover of george you've got what looks to is that a vampire on there it must be is that is a vampire or is that a werewolf i i don't know what cover you're talking about the cover with the you've got the guy with the red eyes and then you've got the the female kind of kneeling to the yeah that's a vampire it's got that's uh that cover is done by scott mcdaniel um mm. from uh batman and uh and Nightwing fame. Uh, we're ecstatic to have him as part of our team. Uh, he's doing six covers, and they're actually very collectible in that each each of the six covers features an angry monster head, and then uh, in the uh, kind of main image, and then in the foreground, we've got uh, one of our members of our family spotlighted, uh, full body. Um, so you have two uh, two characters for each cover. Uh, first issue is a vampire. Okay, so who's the girl on the front of the first cover? Which member of the family is that? That's uh, Thalassa. Thalassa. She's the oldest daughter. Okay, very good. Now, talk about creating the art team for the book. I mean, it's uh, M.J. Hiblin. I'm not not quite familiar with him as I am with, with, say, with uh, uh, Scott, the cover artist. Who? Uh, what other work has he done? Can you uh, Do you know that, George? Can you fill us in on his background? Uh, well, MJ Hiblin is mostly known uh, as being an artist on Instagram. Um, he's He has like a quarter of a million followers. <laughs> so a lot of people, like I'll be talking about it in, uh, in at a convention or something like that, and someone will pull out their phone and like, hey, wait a minute, I'm following this guy. <laughs> so he's uh, he hasn't done a lot of like mainstream uh, uh, work, uh, mostly just covers here and there. Um, he's based out of the UK too, so more European stuff as well. Oh, cool. Okay, now the vampire that's in the book, I, I like the way that that he that they did that. And Chris, did you did you guys come up with the look, or did did uh, the artist develop that? Kind of a combination. Um, we give him a general idea of what we're hoping for with any specifics that we want to see. So, and then 
uh, MJ just runs with the idea that we give him and then he sends us an initial character sketch. Mm-hmm. And from the character sketch, we'll send back our feedback as to this is awesome or I was thinking more like this or can we tweak it in this way? And so it really is a collaboration between us to create each of these characters in a vision that matches the story we're telling versus the vision within MJ's head. So it's really great to see those two combined. Because he looked really menacing to me. I really like the look of him. Uh, and it, this is it's in Transylvania. He's like a is he like a predecessor to Dracula or or, or who is he, uh, George? As far as the line of, of uh, vampires in, in Transylvania. Well, uh, his name is Orlock, and it's based off of uh, the Nosferatu design. I think it's such a cool look. He's kind of uh, underutilized, I think, that that style of vampire. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to incorporate that into our world. As far as his origins, I've actually uh, just written his origin story, and that's going to come out in a one-shot in the fall to be released by Sourcepoint Press. And it's a little bit too early to give it away. But uh, I'll say that it's, it's not your typical story. And there's, as far as vampire lore, and because we're in that fantasy world, we're combining vampires with elves. Mm-hmm. So well, be, vampires with elves—that's an interesting combination. Um, is that is this in Transylvania? Vampires and elves? Yes, yes, it takes place in Transylvania. Oh wow, I want to see that. I I've never seen that. I love when somebody goes someplace that I haven't read before. That's something I really like, and that surprised the heck out of me. I'm like, what? So I like that. That's going to be good. That's you're saying that it's, it's aiming for the fall next year. Yeah, we're going to do a one shot um, with three short stories, spot, uh, just giving a little bit more of a background on some of those characters, and they're all going to be uh, illustrated by different artists. Hmm. Um, I can say that we have Andy Belanger. Um, from Swamp Thing, Southern Cross, and he's currently doing his own series, Mother Trucker, right now. He's <laughs> illustrating uh, the Orlock story. Okay, that sounds like it's a comedy book or something with the name of it. Is that a comedy series, Mother Trucker? <laughs> uh, oh, that's that's uh, Andy's uh, uh, wrestling in space. I think it's just it's just craziness, <laughs> but. <laughs> it, it, it looks really cool, and he's a fantastic talent, so I'm really that's excited cool. to be working with him. Oh, great. Well, that's good to hear. Now, there's a, a kind of a uh, running gag of interesting thing that goes through the book, uh, Chris, and it has to do with one of the characters, and I, I don't want to spoil it, but, but <laughs> it happens a couple of times of a character whose name is Vladimir. Yes. Did you guys come up? Did you guys write that the running gag, or, or how did you guys come up with that? And I don't want to spoil it, but it's a funny little bit. It shows up a couple times in the book. Uh, we were just trying to show his character, and uh, with having through a lot of visual means, we tried to add in some of the verbal ways. And for him, it was very important. Um, this this is a tree he's willing to die on here, or a hill he's willing to die on. And uh, we we tried to turn it into a bit of a gag to make it relatable to other people who can look at him and be like, "All right, you are you are who you say you are. You're right." <laughs> mm-hmm. And you've got another set of creatures too that I enjoy that uh, people that that turn into birds. Talk about those people. I'm not familiar with that legend, George. Who is that? Well, so these are our shape shifting boys. So within our family, um, we have a mom, her two daughters, and then we have her 
twin shape-shifting nephews, boys that can turn into animals. So they can turn into birds, but they can also turn into like gorillas and fight werewolves. So uh, you're going to get like a lot of fun mashups in this series of, of different animals taking on different monsters. Um, we have, we, at one point we've got a Yeti fighting a polar bear. One of the boys turns into a polar bear. So <laughs> it's, it's just bananas. Uh, it's, it's pretty much where we can take our imagination. Uh, we can go there uh, with these characters. And so we have two boys and they're very different too. We've got Jonas, who's a bit of a slacker um, and just kind of slugs off his responsibility. And then we have Jericho, who's more of the straight arrow. Um, so the, the two twin brothers are, are also part of our, our main cast uh, that we follow on their adventure as they try and find their way home. Okay, so we had the three females, and now we've got the two boys. Are there other members of the family that we come across? Is that there Chris? Are, well, go ahead, uh, George, if you want to answer that one. Oh, there are other members, but um, these are these are our five main characters. Okay, so we'll, uh, we might bump into more as we go along? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. So I, I'm kind of interested because they're not they're not considered monsters, even though they're shapeshifters. Uh, well, I guess in our world that we've built, our family doesn't know about monsters until they start encountering them, right? Mm. And so these shapeshifters are just part of their family, and so they're not really looked at as monsters because they just kind of hide their ability from from other people as to not be ostracized from society even more than they already are. Okay, so and they're out. They actually seem to come together at one point. At least these five do, and they're looking for the. Are they looking for more family members? Is that what what's happening? Is that Chris? Is that who? How are they looking for other family members? Are there more than five? Well, they're traveling, and they're looking for the boys at one point. So I don't know which which part you're looking at. So I'll just go. They're traveling, and they're looking for the boys. And then at one point, as the boys come home, they see that there is a chance to get a. Uh, pig, a wild boar. And so they run off to try and get the wild boar for dinner because back in those days, you couldn't go to the supermarket. You had to hunt what you were going to eat. And so they go off on a hunt. Um, so I'm not which, sure which portion you're at at that point. Well, well, the only thing I've seen so far is the first issue. That sounds like that yes. may be in the second issue. Is that that part? Because I don't see that in the first issue. That's possible, yes. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Because uh, it's, it's, I'm sure it all runs together in the creator's minds. It <laughs> so definitely sure. does. As as we get up to issue 10 is what the one that we've just finished and Mark's illustrating. They, they've definitely started to run into a line of the story at this point. So you're about to wrap up the second arc as far as the, the writing goes. Yeah, we're more than halfway through the second arc for sure. And uh just starting issue 11 is what we're writing right now. Is that kind of fun to, to take a, make a story this long? Because, you know, the comics are often divided into two things. They either have long stories or they have like short one issue stories. But it sounds like you guys are doing the longer uh, tale. Are, are you at some point going to break it up and occasionally have like a one issue uh, tale that kind of gives you a break from the longer story? 
that's what we are doing with our one shot. So uh, how we have it uh, scheduled is that the first six uh, story arc, so the first complete story arc is going to come out. And then at the end of those six issues, the one shot is going to come out and that's going to uh, give you some of the backstory of some of our uh, monsters and some of our characters. And then the idea is that the next story arc, so the next six issues will be released after that. Mm-hmm. And then we have the plan for another one shot right after that. So it gives a bit of a break and it also takes the comic on a different perspective um, as opposed to showing half the family and half the monster, which is what the first six issues focus on is half the family adventure and then half that monster origin and where the monster's coming from. Uh, with the one shot, you get to see a lot of the background of the monsters individually, ones that we didn't tell in the first six issues. Cool. Cool. Uh, so... If they're coming out through SourcePoint Press, do you know about when those one-shots are going to hit? You said the fall? Yeah, we don't have a solid date yet for them, but uh, okay. they've committed to to putting it out. So, um, it, yeah, it'll, it'll be in the fall. That'd be a great thing to put out around Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Ties in nicely, hey? Yeah, monsters and stuff, that's the Halloween thing. I mean, if you can time it that way, that would be a great time. Before Halloween, not after, but yes. People, I always tell the story of of Klaus, which uh, Grant Morrison did. He started a miniseries on like around Christmas Day. In the middle of May, the miniseries ended, and I wondered how many you know, books they actually sold of a Santa Claus series running in May. You know, I don't think people are all that interested in that. And so uh, now, the, what he does, he puts a book out on the Wednesday before Christmas every year. And thank goodness for that, because I think that's a whole lot smarter than that miniseries that started in Christmas season. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. But uh, your stuff, boy, I would say, I, if you're going to do a special like that, I would, like I said, I think Halloween would be ideal. Yeah, the timing ties in beautifully, right? Everybody's already thinking monsters, so it's a good tie-in that way. I think yeah. for a lot of people, though, they never stop thinking about monsters. <laughs> I, one of my things in like my pitch recently, I've been saying, if you don't want Halloween to end, you know, ah, think of very, darkness. Very good, very good. So, are, are we going to see these monsters? And I, of course, I don't want to spoil stuff, but you know, there are when you get to the end of the book, and I got a question about that too. I want to get to it, but there are posters or like individual pages you've got one that looks like a werewolf one a girl it looks like she's a werewolf and then there's the last one's like a sea creature a woman that, that looks like a sea creature are those covers that are coming for upcoming issues george that's right yeah those are the scott mcdaniel covers so they're they're very collectible and yeah, we have some of the characters that aren't introduced yet in issue one. We're building a big world here. Um, mm-hmm. But what's great is that with every issue, you can really jump in because we've got that standalone monster origin story. So mm-hmm. it was really important to me as as a reader, as a comic book fan, to have something important happen in every issue. And so that's what we've done. We've, we've given you a, a self-contained read and an ongoing at the same time. Cool. Now, the the question I've got, though, the I got a, a PDF of a book, and I think that isn't this the uh, – did you do a Kickstarter for this, George? We did. We did a, a Kickstarter for issue one uh, mm-hmm. last year. 
Okay, so that, that's good. That that must be what I see. You know, what I got was that uh, about that. So now it's going to come out under SourcePoint Press. Are you doing special things, Chris, to to get people if they've already got the, the you know the the Kickstarter one? Is there are there things you're putting in that might attract them to buy the the SourcePoint Press issue as well? Well, uh, the SourcePoint Press, you can get the Scott McDaniels collectible covers, and then you can get all six, and they tie in really beautifully together so that you can get the entire series collected uh, with all the same art from Scott McDaniels, who is a phenomenal artist that we are lucky to have illustrate all six for us. Okay, so that's cool. So if you already have the Kickstarter, you want to make sure you get the, the SourcePoint Press one as well. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the Scott McDaniels one is a special uh, limited edition one that I think they're only doing through comic book stores. Is that correct, George? Uh, it'll be available um, through comic book stores and then also at the convention. Like the the two covers, it's like there we have one by our series artist, MJ Hiblin, and then one by Scott McDaniel. Um, so there, it's like a cover A and a cover B. It's not like a, an incentive cover or anything like that. You can You can pick up both covers equally. Great, great. Now, I did want to mention how much I like the inside artwork, how very, you know, how it fits the mood. I mean, there are, there's, there's great things in forests, and then there's also like shadows, and the red eyes of the vampire stand out like crazy. Now, really beautiful art, I have to say. Um, one thing that's crazy about that is that our artist, MJ Hiblin, he does everything digitally with his finger. He doesn't use a pencil or a stylus. He just uses his finger. I can barely sign my name on like one of those uh, pads at the mall or something like that. I can't, mm-hmm. I don't understand how he does it, but he works really quickly and he has like a, a real gritty and kinetic vibe to his energy, uh, to, the, to the artwork that he creates. I think it really fits our subject matter perfectly. God, he uses his finger to get all that detail? Yeah. Wow, I find that hard to believe, actually. Because, you know, often the, a person will turn their face and there's all this detail. You know, there's like red on their on their cheeks and the eyes. It's really, really nice detail. Very George Perez-like in that sense. There's all this wonderful detail. And the, and the co- does he do the coloring as well? He does. He does. Yeah. Wow. Because, I mean, the, there's this one page that's a full page where uh the vampire standing there talking to the two humans and wow i'd say the color really got me that would make a wonderful poster oh man so how does he do the color though if he, he does he put the color in with his finger too he does yeah he does yeah oh, yeah, so he, yeah he does his line art first and then he mm-hmm. changes the layer mm-hmm. and, he, and he and he uses and he does the color underneath of the underneath the line art but it it really brings it to life. Does he do any YouTube uh, stuff where he shows how he does it? He does have some on YouTube where he shows how he does it, but um, he doesn't talk through it. He's very – one thing that's interesting is we've never talked to this guy on the phone. We've been working with him for three years now, mm-hmm. and I haven't done a Zoom call. I haven't talked to him on the telephone. It's all been through email. Wow, because, you know, it's interesting how <laughs> in the uh, digital era of creating comics, a lot of times the creators have never actually spoken to each other or been in the same room together. Um, I was working on a, a, a comic called Stabity Bunny, and there was the writer who lived in Florida, the artist lived on a mountain in North Carolina, and the colorist lived in the Philippines. 
And so the three of them have never been in the same room together. So it sounds like you guys have had some of the same experience, although two of you guys obviously are. You're probably in in the same area with your artist. I mean, where do you know where your artist is located? He lives in the UK. In the UK, okay. So yeah, you guys probably have not been in the same room, which is a standard occurrence <laughs> for no. big, for yeah. digital creators. So that's cool. Well, I, I I do have to follow up on something though that you guys are related. I find that a real interesting thing. I mean, were you guys both into comics? Before you started to write and do stuff together, how did you guys discover that you had the same interest in creating like comic stories? Uh, it's one of my favorite stories to tell, actually. So George oh. and I uh, grew up together. I would spend entire summers. I would arrive at his house like three days after school ended in June and head back home uh, three days before school started at the end of August. So we'd spend months together every summer when we were growing up. And then uh, George loved comics and cartoons, and he really is the one who brought me into that world. And so uh, he... Uh, X-Men was my first comic and my biggest love of comics up till now until I created my own. And then um, a couple of years ago, coming from that, George and I were walking through Ikea when he had come to visit one, one Easter. And he's like, you know what? You love monsters. I love monsters. I have a mummy story. And I'm like, I have a Frankenstein story. We should write a story together. And um, then we had gone to the Calgary Expo and coming out of the the comic expo we were just like there's just no monster comics we we need to tell this story and so that was just kind of the origin of where it came from George and I share a love of comics and he we he's a comic book writer and I'm a novel writer and we just took our two passions and share love shared love of uh monsters and created cover of darkness cool Cool, because it's a great thing when when two family members can get together and do stuff like that. That's another rare thing in comics. It's usually pe- you know people who get create comics. There's no familial relations usually. There, you know, a, a guy who's interested in comics often is alone in a community, and they reach out to the internet and find somebody in another community that's probably usually alone. So, I think that's cool that you guys are doing that. It's really great. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to have somebody that I'm close to that I'm sharing this adventure with. It has been really good. That's great. Um, as far as like the future and, and, and what you guys are up to. Now, Chris, you just said you're a novelist. Are there novels that you've written that are uh, for sale that are available now? Uh, no, nothing that's out and published at this point in time. But one day you will see me out there as a, as a published novelist. Okay, great. What kind of novels do you like to write? Um, I've written a uh, romance. I've written a urban fantasy and I've written a teen novel. Mm, a lot of variety to that. That's good. I like writers that can write multiple genres because if you write the same genre, if all you write is Western, I get a little bored. Yeah. Well, while. and it's a, often a similar story that you start to tell over time in that kind of case. Yeah. Yeah. Which eventually you, it, you start running in place and that's never good. Now, George, you would, um, I, I, you like you're doing a different variety of stuff. You mentioned a, like a superhero group, and and this is a horror stuff. Uh, what other genres do you like to write? Uh, mostly like action adventure, um, kind of with a little bit more of a gritty vibe. Like a lot of my other series, like Fire Engine Red and Resilient, both have like kind of R rating sort of language in it, and I try and make my characters witty and have the dialogue pop and 
and yeah, and have like graphic violence. <laughs> so <laughs> kind of R-rated action movie type stories is what I'm mostly drawn to, but I, I love the horror genre. And I also, I made my hybrid force book, which is kind of an all ages series because I have a, a nine-year-old daughter and I wanted to have something that uh, I could work with her and talk to her about what she thought was cool and, uh, and try and make something that I thought that she would really like. Speaking of resilient, I read the first two issues. Uh, has there been any more since those issues? Uh, honestly, uh, I don't really know what's going on uh, as far as uh, distribution. Um, for the for the second issue, hasn't hit stores yet. Mm. It was solicited through Diamond, but now it's been pulled from there. So I'm waiting to see what the plan is with with Absolute Comics Group. I think we're doing a Kickstarter for issue two. Mm. Uh, later this month with, and it's going to be partnered with uh, I make boys cry issue three and white widow issues six and seven or seven and eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, I don't know a hundred percent what's, what's the next step for it. I know I'm just about finished it. We're working on issue five right now, me and the artist Finzel Tabanis mm-hmm. and uh, we're halfway done and that's going to conclude the first story arc. Because I like the the second issue, uh, I enjoyed the first issue, and then I got a, you sent me a copy of the second issue, which I enjoyed. It ended in a great place, I have to say, and I want to see more of that story. So if you know, if you have to, maybe you have to go somewhere else, maybe to to get it to come out. Because I'd like to see more of that. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm excited for it to to get out. I was really proud of issue two. Um, the the writing on it was uh, kind of very personal to me. So to, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to be released. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think we're doing a Kickstarter soon. So yeah, uh, if anyone's out there and they're excited for more resilience, uh, make sure you're following me at comic book George on Instagram. And I'll definitely be posting about that uh, when I know more about it. Okay. That'll be, now, Chris, uh, George gave his uh, social media thing. If people want to follow you and keep up with what you're up to, uh, how do they do that? Uh, come on to Instagram. I'm at Cam Crystal. Okay. Very good. So, and maybe you should spell that. <laughs> yeah. C-A-M-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L. I always like the name Crystal, but that was because I saw in the Fantastic Four, there was an inhuman who was named Crystal. Oh, that's awesome. And I like that name. I, of course, the spelling's a little different than you used. Uh, I, she spells it C-R-Y-S-T-A-L with like the, the, the scientific element stuff. Yes. I always loved that. If I ever had a daughter, I was always going to want to name her Crystal. With, oh, with it, it's, it's a great name. I, I've enjoyed it. But the, the more common spelling is C-R-Y. And that's what you see a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, very cool. There's a lot of girls that were born in the 70s named Crystal. It's true. <laughs> Oh well, I didn't know that. I, I I haven't run into many. You know, the only crystal I've ever met, um, besides you, was was uh, or met. I, I read a crystal in the Fantastic Four. So, really, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I like that name. Yeah. Very good, very good. Because I I like that. Well, it's called Cover of Darkness. Look for it uh, in your previews right now. Previews will be sure to tell your comic shop that you want this, and this is going to be issue number one. Is it going to be coming out monthly, George? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. we've, we've got all six issues are done. It's going to be coming out regularly. If you like Game of Thrones, if you like those classic Universal monsters, if you like um, something monumental and awesome happening in every issue, <laughs> if you like 
an ongoing fantasy epic with you know high concepts and, and brutal action and gore. Um, pick up Cover of Darkness and make sure you you got to tell your store to bring it in because it might not be there if you don't ask for it. So Cover of Darkness from Sourcepoint Press. Yeah, these days there's so many comics coming out and so many companies that uh, it's hard for stores to know exactly what people want. I do that to my, my store that I go all the time, all the time. I say to her, did you order such and such? And she says, no. I say, oh, shoot. Well, I didn't order it, so it's on me because you know I don't realize. Sometimes I don't know until I actually see the book what I want. So I gotta be, I'm trying to get better at that. So, but uh, if this is a book you're going to want to make sure that you order because especially if you're into monsters and you're into good horror like that, this is the place to go. It's called Cover of Darkness. It's going to become through Source Point Press. And of course, George and Chris are the writers on the book. And so you're going to want to make sure you get that. Uh, did I, are there anything else that you guys are working on? I know, Chris, you're talking about writing novels and George was talking about some of the books. Any other projects, maybe, George, that you're working on that we should hear about? That's it for projects, but I would like to shout out that I'm going to be at San Diego Comic-Con this Thanksgiving weekend. I have a table there, and I'll also be at Emerald City in Seattle. So uh, stop by my table. I'll be in in Artist Alley at both shows. Oh, cool. Uh, Have you been at San Diego before, George? I've been there as a fan. I've never been there as a comic book creator and had my own table so i'm excited about that i've been exhausted after san diego <laughs> several times and, and on saturday if, if it holds true saturdays where you take only baby steps through the place because the place is so full of people and it may be different this year because of uh, the change of time of weekend and the change of well of course all that the uh, social distancing and stuff going on but when I've been there before, I literally all I could take was baby steps walking around on the on the floor because there's just so many. And somebody would stop to take a picture, people would scream at them, "What are you stopping for? We got to keep going. I got places to go." <laughs> yeah, so, the time I was I was there in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there in 2018. It was just a sea of humanity. It was just yeah. so many people. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm looking forward to being there and and. I'm going to have uh, prints of cover darkness mm. available. The book isn't, uh, yeah. the book won't be really available. I'll have like a couple copies. If you come on day one, you might mm-hmm. be able to get it. But um, cause I have some of my indie self printed stuff left, but mm-hmm. not a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll have prints from cover darkness. Do you know the booth number? I don't, I don't. Okay. All right. Well, so are you under your name? Is that uh, your booth is in your name? Not, not source my press or something. No, it's uh, George McHale in Artist Alley. McHale. So maybe you better spell your last name just so people find it. Oh, M-I-C-H-A-I-L. Yeah, so they want to make sure. Look for that name. I'm sure they're going to have a directory and several around. So what about you, Chris? Are you interested in going to, to San Diego? You ever been there? I've never been. Someday I would love to, but alas, it's not in the cards for me in the very near future. So mm-hmm. I'm going to live vicariously through George and uh, enjoy his stories as he tells them. Okay, because San Diego, I- San Diego is where many unusual things take place. You know, one of the great things about comic conventions is that stuff happens behind the scenes, 
And months later, we find out what people were talking about and what what they, the deals that were made and stuff like that. So San Diego, I know a lot of things happen. That's why Chris would be great if you ever get there. Uh, someday you'll have to make uh, get a chance to. If you ever get a chance, I would definitely go. Yeah, I definitely will make my way one there one day, whether it be as a fan or as somebody on the other side of the table. Someday I will definitely make it to San Diego. It sounds like it's amazing. Maybe you guys could share a table. Yes, yes. That might be a way to do it, get the money in, because uh, uh, there's so many different areas and there's so many different things to look at. It's just great. So be sure, if you get to San Diego, look up George and a cover of Darkness, and you're going to want to find that. And hopefully Chris will be there sometime soon. So great stuff. Anyway, this is a great book. You're going to want to make sure your comic shop knows about it and orders it so that when it comes out in January, you'll be able to get it. So do, do you happen to know what the, the number is, George, by any chance? What it isn't? I do. The order number is NOV211702. Okay, so be sure to order that. If you have that number when you go to your shop, that sometimes makes it a little easier. Honestly, so. guys, just add it to your pull list. You're going to want it. It's six issues. Um, each issue has a standalone monster origin story. First issue, we got the vampire story. Second issue, we've got a mummy story. That's really awesome. Third issue, steampunk Atlantean Frankenstein, a new twist on him. And you got to see this design that we've done for him. Just amazing. He's got like a little cookie jar lid (laughs) to put the brain back in on the top of his head. And in our version, he's resurrected by his widow, Dr. Mary Frankenstein. Hmm. Issue four, we've got a creature from the black lagoon, origin story he's the love child of a mermaid and a pirate in our world and in issue five we've got viking werewolves um so mm. you get five standalone monster origin stories and then issue six is our epic conclusion with dragons so you're gonna like this series just go ahead and add it to your pull list honestly i'm still thinking about elves and and the vampires <laughs> yes uh, you gotta read the second bit you gotta read the sorry the standalone for that one too yeah there's so many good things going on i gotta make sure i get this book well anyway george and chris you've done a wonderful book and they've gone places i haven't been before which i love you don't know how rare that is i've been reading these books for a couple decades now and sometimes i don't find many new things so i have to congratulate you on coming up with some new and wonderful things i just think it's going to be great Cover of Darkness, Source Point Press. Make sure that you order it. And you guys keep it up. Uh, George, have fun at San Diego. And Chris, I hope you get there sometime soon. But keep up the wonderful work. Awesome. Thanks Thanks so much for having us on. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. But as a symbol... Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. And that's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator. Something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics.